Welcome to Process to Profitability, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe. Process to Profitability centers on strategic processes that reduce costs while increasing conversions, productivity, and efficiency for creative CEO women who are growing sustainable, successful service-based businesses. We'll discuss strategies that produce sustainable profits and how to apply these processes to your small business through solo episodes and some amazing guests this season. Hi, everybody. Today, I'm talking with Jennifer Kerfman of Untamed Creative, and we are discussing all things voice of customer research, and I'm so excited. We are really going to dive into what voice of customer research is, but also why it's important and how it can help you be more profitable in your business. Jennifer is the owner of Untamed Creative slash copywriter on a mission to destroy how you think your copy should sound and help you come as you are. She's written sales pages, websites, and emails for clients in a variety of industries like coaching, finance, and systems. The secret sauce? She zones in on voice of customer data to fuel her copywriting projects so you can reach your dreamiest clients. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm so excited. <laughs> Said your bio, but can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your journey in your business and really how you've made it profitable? I'll begin at the beginning. So I used to work as an employee, uh, as a copywriter employee. And so I was writing for a systems coach and that was, you know, that was fine. Um, that was like officially my first introduction into being paid writer (laughs) and uh I was like hold on (laughs) I can do this and this is this could be my job like it was such a weird concept to me and uh, so I did that for a while and then I realized I just really wanted to serve more people and I have this thing where I just can't sit still so I realized that yeah I can help more people I can go out on my own I can kind of make my own uh rules and so I did just that and mostly it was because I was a little bit scared to do it and I was like all right well then I have to try (laughs) so I launched my own uh business on same creative and then I've just been out out here slinging words and it's been super fun in terms of like how to make it profitable keeping it keeping things simple (laughs) I totally have that thing where I will be like oh people are using Kajabi should I be using it and you know and like um try to try to spread myself way too thin um and so I have been able to it took it took me a minute but I've been able to like rein that back and just focus on one thing at a time for the most part (laughs) I'm not gonna pretend like I'm perfect over here because like it totally um get a little squirrely but it also just part of my personality so I try to honor that sometimes too it's been amazing it's super fun yeah and I think there's always experimentation in business but it is mm-hmm. really helpful when you can simplify things because then you're not you're not even having to pay for like softwares you don't use like Kajabi if you're not trying everything out all the time because that is expensive oh hell yeah I mean <laughs> I know it helpful for people who need all that functionality but I don't I learned a long time ago to 
make what you have work for you until it doesn't work anymore. So that's what I've been trying to do. And it's, it, it definitely helps. It's kind of like coming back to your core values. Like if you're like, should I do this? And then wondering if it aligns with you, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Like, well, does this really serve me or is it just exciting because it's new? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just kind of going back to that every time I'm questioning something. Really, really <laughs> <helps>. <laughs> So today we're talking about voice of customer research, and I'm really excited about this because we've talked about some copywriting. I have lots of clients who struggle with copywriting, Mm -hmm. and I think this is part of what people miss that makes it so hard to then feel like, oh, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to get my message across to people. So I'm really excited about this episode, but I want you to tell us what the point, what is the point of voice of customer? Why not just write without doing this research part that we don't want to do because we have to talk to people. <laughs> oh, talking to people. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me just start by saying, do you like writing from scratch? Most people don't. I know I call it this and I don't know if it's true, but like, I feel like this is copywriting's best kept secret because, but like, it's not a secret. It's out there. I know that it can be very intimidating to pull up a Google doc and be like, I'm going to write a sales page right now. The cursor is just blinking at you and you're like, I don't know how to start. So when that is intimidating, perfect. Pull up your voice of customer research and start combing through that and just see what comes out of it. Because when you are using exactly what your customers or your ideal customers are using the same language, and you're using that same language to describe your offer, it's going to resonate with them immediately. And sometimes it's really hard when you are the one creating the offer, even if you kind of are, or maybe used to be the ideal customer, you're still too close to it. So it's really hard to pull out exactly the right language um, that people you want to purchase it are using, unless you're actually asking them or unless you're creeping on them in the internet. So um, <laughs> so the importance of it is not starting from scratch, is having somewhere to pull snippets from. My writing process and the one I recommend to people who are doing a DIY approach is just to gather as much research as you can within reason, don't spend eight hours on it. But like gather your research, open up a blank document and just see what flows out of you. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be something because often what'll happen is you'll start writing and you get into this flow. And next thing you know, you've got stuff you can actually use. So the voice of customer research, I mean, the benefits are threefold. They're like, one, gives you a jumping off point a springboard, if you will. Two, it describes your offer in the exact words that your ideal folks are using. And three, it just makes everything more real and relatable. Yeah. I think what we fall into, like as a designer, I'm talking about website design in terms that I would talk to another designer. Mm -hmm. And that's not what people know. That's not what they care about. They don't care about the UX, UI 
stuff, yeah. they want people to have a good experience, but they don't know, like, that's not how they're saying it. And so when I'm putting that on my website, people are like, well, that, that doesn't matter. That's not important. And so when we can get the actual words people use, then we're not trying to guess at it. Yeah. And that's like one of the um, biggest boo-boos that people make when they are like, oh, but I'm using the research that I got. Or like, I heard someone say this in a call. And so they'll hear what they're saying and then they'll like change the word. They'll like paraphrase it. And sometimes you can, because maybe the context doesn't make sense or like whatever, but sometimes it's okay. But for the most part, like if you can stick to verbatim what people are saying and the actual, like pull out those vocab words, that's going to be the gold nugget. Don't hear what they're saying and then say, okay, this is what they actually are mean. Like, no, <laughs> right. You try to stick to what it actually is. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. If you're a web designer. People are probably, I haven't done this research, but like people are probably like, man, I really wish people weren't bouncing off my site so quick. Um, okay. So that's something you could use. Or if you hear, you know, a business owner saying like, I just don't understand why people aren't converting. So it's, you're saying similar things, but when you're saying it in the way that they're saying it, it just resonates. Yeah. So for you do some of this work with your clients, how do you go about that? How do you get all of this research done without spending hours and hours and like having to creep on every part of the internet? <laughs> I mean, of course there is the risk of a rabbit hole, but um, I try to stick to an hour of research outside of their clients that they already have um, or that they've already worked with. So. I have a video ask survey set up. So part of the process when someone works with me is they send out this survey. It's already done. They just have to email their clients uh, with the template I give them and then they just reply. And so I take all of that data and I put it in this extremely cute spreadsheet and it's just organized in a way that makes it, well, it makes it really easy for me to comb through when it's actually like writing time, but then they can use it forever after. I organize it in a way so it's like you can filter through uh, snippets of pain points specifically. Uh, you can say like, oh, well, what were people saying about like why they hired me specifically, their USP? So it's really helpful. Um, a spreadsheet is, you know, user-friendly, but also it's just something that they can keep adding to as they go on, as they get more offers that they, you know, put out, whatever how I go about having them get it for their clients. But then um, yeah, I just have to set a timer for an hour. If I'm doing external market research, if I'm like digging in, you know, YouTube comments, or if I'm like trying to uh, creep in some Facebook groups or whatever it is, but um, just setting a time limit because you're not going to learn everything. And for the most part, like you can get what you need from the surveys and from hours worth of time totally enough um and also the the client or the business owner like they also can offer anything that they've gathered throughout the time building that offer they have their own insight um, as to why they created it who they created it for that kind of stuff um so just between those three things you can get plenty of information and enough to at least get something out there and test it see how it converts 
Yep. And I always tell people that you've got to test, just like you test your design to see if it's going to yeah. be there. You have to test your copy because you might think it's great and it sounds awesome, but it still may not resonate quite the way that it is. And that's, that's where you have to test and change and be willing to like work through that process instead of expecting it to like, oh, I launched my new sales page and now I've got a hundred customers right away. <laughs> that was a magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. You got to test. Um, I, I mean, one of, another one of my biggest like life mottos is what can I delete? Because sometimes you get really attached to, I mean, this is also when writing websites are like really whatever, but like you get attached to a really funny phrase that you thought of or like a really cool whatever. Sometimes it's just, it's more than you need. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you just gotta delete stuff. One of the things that I, like, yes, testing is, is great. But one question that I get a lot is like, how long do you test something out before you know it's not working? Um, really, really depends. I like a rule of three. So, you know, it depends on the thing, but three weeks, three months, three, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. um, makes sense for the, for the offer for the thing. But when you do decide you're going to make a change, like don't go changing everything. Don't be, yeah. don't be changing the design and the copy and the delivery. Cause then you'll never know what it was. <laughs> One thing at a time, if you're going to change and stuff on your opt-in page pick one thing and test it out yeah so I'm curious do you always do kind of that secondary research combing the internet if somebody's had clients go through whatever service or do you think just the information from past clients is enough um usually the client information is enough it depends. Yeah. If they've sold the offer before and they've been selling it, then the client Intel is enough because they've been through it and they have real life experience with it. Um, but it doesn't hurt to at least just pop in to see, especially when you're looking for pain points. I don't like to focus on the pain points but they are important to know. You have to know what people are trying to overcome. I don't personally follow like the agitating pain. Yeah. Point. I'm more into the pleasure point. Uh, that's what we're going for. We're trying to make lives better. Um, so I still do need to know what people are. So sometimes if I look through the survey results or whatever, and I feel like something's missing, of course, yes, I can go back and always, um, creep on someone and figure out what else I can kind of add to like zhuzh that part up. But um, if someone sold their offer before and they have client survey data that's like robust, then you don't need to use a ton of time. Okay. So just kind of fill in where it might be sparse. Yeah. And it depends on the topic too. Like if I've written on the topic before, it's a lot easier um, for me to fill in the blanks. If it's about systems or if it's about, you know, um, your monthly bookkeeping or whatever, like I can fill that in. That's just because of, that's like my experience. I have mm -hmm. a lot of 
you know, I've written a lot of stuff for those industries. So what are some things you people, you see people do that are like mistakes when they're collecting data? Not collecting it at all. I would say like a a best practice or like a more efficient way um, to go about it is to do what I do, uh, which is just organizing your information by snippet, not by like a full quote. You don't want to a paragraph in your spreadsheet where it's like all this information and then this is the part that is actually you know really you have one line up here that's about one thing and another line that's about something you know so I like to just do it in little snippies um it makes it so much easier to go through yeah because you're not really like this is not I'm going to put this as a testimonial on my website this is more research to write so you're not it doesn't matter if you tear it apart a little bit correct I do have them whole like they're whole in another page but but I'm glad you said that because no you're not gonna necessarily use it as a full-on testimonial on your website but what if it was like a headline or what if it inspired a headline on your website, your sales page, whatever. Um, so you can use those things for so many other purposes than just like inspiring copy. But it's also really helpful for content ideas. So, you know, you're wondering, what should I make content on today? Um, I have a whole list of pain points that my ideal customers said that they went through <laughs> okay you just go through that list and you're like oh well I'll make one about this and how to overcome it using my thing you know so it's a, it's a gift that keeps on giving honestly it's so good yeah that makes a lot of sense do you have any other best practices as far as like collecting data or ways that you can use it that you know, people, you know, if you're going to all this effort, people want to make sure that they're getting the most out of it. Yes. Okay. So collecting it, I do the video ask. I have it set up so that clients don't have to do it themselves. Um, and I also don't have to jump on Zoom with their clients and like take time out of their day. They have to take time to like do the, do the survey, but it's a lot um, more passive and they can come back to it when they want. But if you're collecting it for yourself, try to get on Zoom with your favorite clients because people will 100%, they will expand more on an answer than they will when they're typing it out. You will get so much more information out of them and try to, you can use like Descript or Otter.io or transcribe that call highlight you can pull the little snippets out of the transcript mm -hmm. and then put them in your spreadsheet but talk to people like that's the biggest thing is talk to people I used to interview um I used to interview other people's clients for them and that was just incredibly helpful um and then I found video ask and I was like, yeah, that's better because they can choose to type or talk. So it's, it's great. The other part of your question was how to use it in your, um, your content creation, uh, which obviously could take form and whatever you like to do it could be, you know, TikToks and podcasts and blogs and whatever, but use those 
and not just the pain points, use the benefits that people are saying. One of the categories that I always recommend is USP, which is unique selling propositions. Like, why did they pick you? Why did they pick you over, you know, copywriter B over here? So I think that's huge. And that is something that, um, like, if you're turning that into content, that just helps people connect with you. They're like, oh, you have a, a toddler too? Oh, that's great. So do I. It makes immediately makes it more um, more relatable and then they feel like they know you a little bit better. Using the VOC data for content is just so good. Also just going through and auditing the content or the copy that you already have. <laughs> you know, like, yes, we, I, we do this when we're writing something new, but for example, if you're using it um, to write a sales page, my guess is you already have a, a website, maybe. Um, that you wrote, you know, a while back or whatever. So using that to go through and say, oh, how are people describing the transformation that I helped them? Okay, well, can I sprinkle that in here a little bit better or whatever? Um, using it for newsletter topics. The list goes on. I feel like I could go on forever. I started asking people like why they picked me over somebody else. And the answer is, always surprised me. And like a lot of times what I've seen is people are like, oh, well, I interviewed these other designers and I just liked your process better. I liked that you could get it done faster. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know they were talking to other people. Oh yeah. So it's really interesting to hear like their thought process of this is why I chose you, even if that's not what we think the reason might be. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you ask questions. (laughs) Ask people questions. Um, after they work with you, immediately, if you don't have like a survey or whatever set up for offboarding, just ask them, how was it? And there are pretty much four core questions that I always, always, always tell people to ask after they work with somebody. What were you going through in your business or your life, whatever, um, that made you seek out a solution? Number two is, why did you pick me? Number three is, did you have any doubt before you like signed on the dotted line? Side note, this is really good for overcoming objections. Like anything that's going through someone's mind before they push that book now button, you can use that and immediately um, overcome them because you know that they're going to, for example, if you're a copywriter and you are selling a sales page service, people might think something like uh, their objection may be like, okay, well, does it really have to be this long? You know, that's a question that I've gotten <laughs> before. So that can be just casually part of the copy where it's like, hey, why is this so long? FAQ section is so helpful for overcoming objections. Okay, sorry, I, I derailed. So the fourth question is, how has your life improved since working with me? And those are your benefits. It's amazing. Yeah, so I love those. And I think that is what I've been refining so much in my process is like, what do I ask people? I was reminded recently, like with a service like mine and even a service like yours, where you're doing copywriting, they will have immediate benefits 
but they're also going to have like longer term benefits. So it can be helpful to go back to get that information later. Like, oh, well, after our, your sales page launched, then I sold, I sold out my course in 48 hours or something like that. They're not going to know that the day or the week it launches. Um, And it's just helpful to gather all of that data to go through the whole process Mm -hmm. instead of having them like sit down and compose their answers. And I think that's where the video ask or the Zoom interviews, like you mentioned, is helpful is like, just get Mm -hmm. people to verbalize their answers instead of composing something that sounds really good that maybe they're not using the language they normally would. Yeah, people often will write different than they would talk about it and so yeah I love I love doing a video for that exact reason like people me included will just go off on like a little tangent and just start spilling their guts and it's like so helpful and it's um it's awesome and one question I get a lot too is do you incentivize these surveys for feedback and my answer is no it's up to you um but for the most part people i love a survey because i know it helps the business owner um so for the most part people are willing to do it especially if they had a really good experience right they're going to want to help uh, attract more people for you so um i don't that doesn't mean that you can i mean obviously oprah whatever you want starbucks gift card you get one you get one like that's fine but i love just asking because you never know um and to your point of calling back a month down the road or whatever yes i have an automated thing for right after they work with me but then i also have another one for six weeks and um three months So they get automated emails from me just saying like, hey, just checking in. How is your whatever offer I did for them? Because exactly what you said, they can be like, oh my gosh, now that I've actually implemented the sales page that you wrote for me, like, yeah, I have sold whatever, $10,000 of my offer. And then that's amazing. And then you get to celebrate with them. I'd love if you could really pinpoint a way you've seen your clients use this voice of customer data to convert people like new clients or new customers. How are they using this research to really see more profit in their business? Mm. So I especially love this for when you have a brand new offer and you need a sales page for it. Okay. It's really hard to know what to say when it's a brand new offer that nobody's ever experienced. Um, So it's hard to get that, like the benefits. Um, But one thing that I've seen is pulling from the business owner's experience Um, One thing that I really like to do in that instance is, well, how can you apply your own life? Why did you create this? So pulling from your own experience first, you are a good resource for your own data. And then using any previous clients that you've ever worked with 
and grabbing that data from how you help them. It doesn't have to be the same exact offer, but like, how did you help them? How did you take them from point A to point B? What was it like to work with you? That's something that you can use across the board. That's so helpful because I think, and I've done this in my own like head is I've got this new offer. It's an awesome idea. Everybody's going to love it. And then I put it out there with like the things I've just kind of made up about what the benefits are and nobody buys it. But if you do some research and you can really figure out what your client is going to see as a benefit, what they, what problem this is actually going to address for them, that you're putting in like the same amount of time, but you're actually seeing a return because people are like, oh yes, this is what I want. Even if it's the same service, if you can put it in their voice, then they're going to be a whole lot more willing to jump on and like pay you money to do your thing. I'm a big fan of offering it to your ideal. Like you have a dream client or business friend that you know would benefit from your offer. Give it to them <laughs> or, or give them a, dis- you know, I'm not going to say give something for free if you don't want to, but, um, but maybe, um, and just, in exchange for, can you just give me your honest feedback or here's a, um, you know, a reduced price because you're my first one <laughs> and just say, by the way, this isn't going to be perfect and it's okay because you're going to help me make it perfect. I've done that for people. It's, I'm more than happy to, because um, that'll help. First of all, you get a great testimonial, slap it on the sales page, bam. <laughs> you can get amazing feedback from somebody who like feels comfortable enough to tell you this did not work. This wasn't good, you know, Um, but if you, if you don't want to do that, that is fine too. Another thing you can do is just say, Hey, you would be a dream client for this. Can I just ask you a few questions about like, what's going on with you right now or what you're looking for? Or what would you say to something like this? You know? Yeah, I, I think all of that's really helpful. And sometimes it is really nice to test out a new service on somebody that like you already know, you've already had a relationship with so that when something goes weird or it runs over time or whatever, you, they understand because they've been there. You know that like you're not going to be getting emails telling you that you're a terrible service provider because they understand like what's going on. They know that this was kind of a beta test. And that for me, like when I did my first VIP day, it was with my real estate agent who sold us our house. And I told her, I was like, I'm trying this out. You're the first one. And it was so much easier to know that if I didn't get it done at the end of the day, she wasn't going to freak out. She wasn't like, this has to be finished. So I was able to relax and kind of go through it and make sure that the process was going to work before I sold it to people I didn't know. Yep. Um, Because yeah, it's scary. I don't care how comfortable I am with a client. Like I still panic as soon as they sign the contract. I'm like, oh my God, I have to do this work now. There's just a lot of what if, like what if, you know? And so um, I don't care if I'm doing a trade for somebody. I don't care if they're paying me full price. I don't care. I still get a little bit of anxiety when I actually have to do the thing, but the feedback component of it is a lot more relaxed because you don't have to worry. Am I going to get 
you know, an email <laughs> a few days later saying like, I'm so disappointed or worse, silence where you're like, how, how do they feel? Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love a biz bestie or somebody that you can just say, Hey, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Please tell me what you think. I want to wrap up and ask you what the most impactful decision is that you've made in your business and why. Oh, talking, <laughs> talking <laughs> to people, um, talking to people, hundred percent, like, uh, creating relationships with other business owners has been so like, it's been so beneficial. And I don't mean in a way of like, they've brought me all these clients. Like it, that is a part of it, but just having relationships with people who understand what you're talking about. Cause you know, my husband, he looks at me like I have lobsters coming out of my ears when I'm explaining like, <laughs> Oh yeah, today I wrote a whatever. It's very isolating, right. To be in a world of like people with normie jobs. So relationships, with people who understand what you do um, is so beneficial for your like <laughs> mental health. Um, and also having somebody or a few somebodies that you feel like you have um, uh, the ability to use them as like a sounding board where mm-hmm. you're like, <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've boxered some of my like business friends and I'm like, okay, I have this idea. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> and it's just so helpful to be able to, again, have that reliable source where they can say yes that is stupid and whatever but it won't hurt your feelings and I've been able to refer clients to my business circle um, I've been able to refer clients to them and vice versa like I've had people say oh yeah reach out you know it, it, sometimes um, this just happened the other day yeah I love that part and I feel like that is the piece in my business I've been doing business for like seven years and the times when I'm really working on like building those relationships, either with new people or just concentrating on like developing relationships with people I've already met. That's mm-hmm. when I see the most growth because I can get feedback, but people also know what I'm doing so that they can refer me to other people. And it's so much easier for them to like be a cheerleader for you when you're feeling down instead mm-hmm. of like trying to get out of that yourself somebody told me like, I was the queen of websites. And I was like, that, I would never say that about myself, but I love that other people think that I'm like really good at this. Cause it's re- so easy to look at, well, I'm just one website designer and I'm sea of a million people. And when you've got those relationships, they can really help highlight all of that for you. That then makes it easier to keep going. Cause this can be hard. Yep. <laughs> yes to all of that. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I've made a huge mistake. You know, like, I, what am I doing? And then in those moments, I just pick up my little phone and I'm like, you know, help. Sometimes you just need that confidence boost um, from someone that understands the struggle. I cannot emphasize enough, like how helpful it has been to have relationships that are meaningful. All right. So as we wrap up, where can people find and connect with you online if they've got more questions or they want to learn more about voice of customer data and research? Where can they do all of that? Well, 
the internet is an amazing place. So I obviously have a website, Untamed Dash Creative, because the Undash one was like $2,000. Anyways, <laughs> so Untamed Dash Creative. <clears throat> dot com and then uh instagram untamed dot creative and then uh, tiktok is the same and if you want like more information about voice of customer data honey <laughs> i have an amazing tv thing for you and i'm not being dramatic but it is so good <laughs> <laughs> like i'm really proud of it and i've gotten so many amazing comments from people or like dms or whatever from people who are like this helped me so much so if you want that to be you i have a voice customer data course it's free it's an email every day you get an email you get a sexy spreadsheet like it's it's super user friendly mm-hmm. on purpose because i wanted to make it i wanted to demystify that process of like gathering the information and storing it and using it and it's been really effective it's a really awesome course. I, I went through it. So people should go and get it. I will link to everything in the show notes so that it's really easy to find, but it's right at the top of your website too. Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> I really want you to have it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited for people to listen and do some research and then make, even if it's just tweaks to what's already on their websites and the copy that they're doing, like, I think it's going to be so impactful to use the voice of the people you actually want to serve. Now that you've listened to the episode and you have learned all about how you can collect voice of customer data and how you can use it, I want you to take some time and go through your website and see where you might be able to make changes to the copy that's already existing to better reflect the voice of your customers. Here at Process to Profitability, we're all about helping you be more profitable through processes. So the voice of customer data research is the process. And we want you to have a website that very clearly sells your offer to your dream clients. And the best way to do that is to have their words, their pain points, the transformation they're looking for directly on your sales page, along with a really easy next step. So as you go through your website and you take a look at the copy, you also want to make sure that it's very clear how they can take the next step on their journey with you. Is that jumping on a sales call? Give them the link to schedule that. If they need to apply, have the application embedded on the page. If they are ready to buy right now, if it's a lower priced offer, give them a way to check out right there. So you're not building any friction. You have convinced them that this is the thing that they need in their life, in their business, that you are the right person to bring that transformation to really help them right now. And your website is the thing that's going to then help them to convert into a client or customer because you have designed a strategic journey that ties in everything your customers have been saying, everything you've written on your website, and then you have used the design in a really strategic way to move them to take action so that they can get the results that they're looking for. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Process to Profitability. I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show and send me a message to let me know what is your process to profitability. 
You can connect with me on my website at lemonandthesea.com or on Instagram and TikTok at lemonandthesea.com.